As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, where we explore how to center our lives and our leadership in the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. In the midst of the disruptive cultural shockwaves of the 21st century. Join us as we learn to take the love of God seriously as the force that holds all of us and everything together. If you're loving this podcast, we invite you to go deeper and partner with us in our work by joining the Gravity Commons, our online community of practice for connecting and learning together. As a member of the Gravity Commons, you get access to live podcast recordings with upcoming guests, as well as other opportunities to connect and learn together with us in real time. Including learning labs, member meetups, discussion boards, online courses, and our practitioner podcast. Go to gravityleadership.com slash commons to find out more. See you in the comments. Well, hey, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast, everybody. Good day. Here we are. Good day. Good day. We're whispering this morning I, because yeah, Christy's it's really kids are still early sleeping. here yeah, in Colorado. My kids early. are sleeping. Yeah. They can't You're, hear you because you're in my headphones, but they could hear me if I scream. But yeah, we have, thought in solidarity we would all just uh, be really quiet for Christy. <laughs> I have a, I have a question kids. for you all. Listener, okay, if you could be quiet right. for Christy's kids as well. So I was, <laughs> I was thinking that, I was thinking that uh, there's, there's these like relational, like, uh, what do you call them? Like when you're in a relationship with people, sometimes they do things and you're like, why are you doing that? Right, so one of them would be like speaking louder than necessary at your face, you know, like like there the, there's a volume issue. Yeah. You don't even need to be in like a a real solid relationship for <laughs> no, me just, to, that just to be at the grocery store <laughs> or or yeah. people that are like close talkers. You know, they get right up, <laughs> yes. they get right up in your grill, and you keep yeah. trying to back away, and finally they get you against a wall, and there's nowhere to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you think of so I don't know what do we, what do you call those? Those little things, social bugaboos, social faux pas. Is there faux pas? Is there one of those kinds of things that bothers you more than others? Hmm. I'm trying to think of other ones other than those two. Those are good ones. Those are two. I I think I have a less tolerance than I'd like for people that just fart when they're talking to me, (laughs) like really loud. Yeah. That, does that happen often? Because I, there's certain people in my life that are like, darn it, I'm go- I am not gonna be embarrassed that I have are they lower all wind. Under the age and I'm of gonna thirteen. Mm, well, several Listen, are. I got I got three boys here, so uh, yeah. and a husband. That's yeah. a lot of boy. Well, yeah. yeah. You, what does that you have get to a lot of hot wind in the house? Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> yes, I, how is a mom? Do you like teach your kid to have manners when it's uh, like, you know? Yeah. And they laugh and giggle. <laughs> so, 
So yeah, so like speaking of manners, when when I was a kid, when you when you burped, you said, "Pardon me," and when you sneezed, you said, "Excuse me," and when you farted, you said, "Did you hear that?" (laughs) Gosh, it worked in my family. I always thought that was weird. No need for excuse or pardon. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, listen, the women who are listening right now are like, Christy, please stand up and say something and change the conversation. Oh, this is okay. my social faux pas. <laughs> is it having to do a podcast with you guys that are uh, insufferable? No, when we talk. <laughs> no, just. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Matt. <laughs> oh, you guys. Okay, Christy. Uh, I do love you I, very I much. Do, yeah, I know. Thank I, you, Christy. I was just thinking about, you know, um, people that. People that speak really close to my face, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's something about I I, I, com- I completely lose all focus. I can't. All I gotta like I panic. I'm like I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Look out! <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. Anyway, I was just thinking about that because I was yeah. uh I got a I got a neighbor I who's was a close talker. A neighbor who's close talker and a close I, stander. Uh, <laughs> When you, I suppose you have to stand close if you're going to talk close. Let's say a really long neck. <laughs> leaning, leaning really far in. You mean uh, a loud talker. Is yeah, he a loud, loud talker? talker and a close talker? No. No, he's, he doesn't really talk overly loud. Although the older I get, the, the more I appreciate so. loud talkers because I'm like, I can hear, I can hear you. Yeah, I, was think, good. I was thinking about, I was thinking when you, ta- when you mentioned that, I was thinking about how I've been in conversations where people talk too quietly and, you know, I don't know if it's my old ears, but yeah. I'm always like, I really wish you'd speak up because I want to hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've also been in conversations where people, uh, they, they, they tend not to understand like reciprocal mutuality mm. in conversations where like, like now you can ask somebody else a question, you know, like where, where they just sort of, they seem very content to just sort of pontificate or talk about themselves or, you know what I mean? And they're not curious about anything else or anyone else. Uh, that to me is, is like a, I don't know if it's a pet peeve, but it, I notice myself shut down like hardcore in conversations like that. I'm just like, okay, I am not interested anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm all done here. So. I think that's something we got to teach our kids. Mm. Like I actually practice, like I tell my kids sometimes when we are going somewhere, I'm like, think of a question that you can ask them at dinner or, you know, something like that. Because I think. I think that's good parenting. Yeah. They, it's, they, otherwise they will talk about themselves. Yeah. Well, Well, some of my kids just wouldn't talk. (laughs) It's right. It's kind of natural at a certain phase of, you know, like brain development probably. Um, I feel like I've read that somewhere. And so kids, like I don't mind kids who just talk about themselves, right? Um, But I I find like I'm really proud of my kids when they get a little older and they're like they enter into conversations and they're like curious about somebody else. She's awesome at that. Like we just hung out. Yeah, we were just at your house. Yeah, she was amazing. Just just so mature and super engaging and super fun to talk to. And Mm -hmm. it was great. Yeah, it was really she, good. We had a great time uh, hanging out at your house. I really appreciate your hospitality. It was fun, Christy. Yeah, we just got back from vacation, so yeah, you did. Yeah, and part of that was uh, hanging out with my 21 year old daughter, who just graduated from college. We went out to Colorado Springs, and uh, yeah, it was loads of fun. We went whitewater rafting. We went uh, we went to an Avett Brothers concert at Red Rocks. Ooh, gorgeous so concert fun. venue. It was amazing. An amazing show. Um, with uh, Regina Spector, that was uh, that's an artist that uh, my daughter's really into. Um, yeah, drove around Garden of the Gods. What else did we do? It was loads of fun. That's so and hung good. out with the Penleys. So yeah, you did. It was fun. I yeah. just kind of wish there was more time. That's all. Yeah, it was just a few days. We kind of tried to jam it into our uh, family time. Um, yeah. So, yep, it was loads of fun, and I'm grateful for your hospitality and your family. Christine. Well, thanks for coming. Next time, all family, all of us, all oh, three families, all It'd be amazing. Us? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. In the basement, we'll be ready. Christy's plotting. Yeah, yeah. We had to stay in the in in your daughter's room, which I really appreciate her giving up her room. So, you know what anyway, else? You know what else vacation. was fun? Mm-hmm. Your vacation, right? It was fun. Yeah, 
<laughs> and you and you uh, were you there? Wait, how? I, <laughs> I just know. I when thought you I saw you, you sent me some pictures when you vacate. Oh yeah, yeah. You have I sent fun. Some pictures. Yeah, yeah. We had we had a great time. Uh, we we just hung out with our families. Both of our both my wife and I's families live in mostly live in Minnesota. About half my family's in Minnesota, and her whole family's there. So we had a great time. Just water things. We did some water things. Yeah, did did a few lake things. You know, uh, as you do. Um, yeah. We have a we have a game we invented. Um, that's kind of a combination of volleyball and soccer and tennis. <laughs> and it's really fun. We've actually talked about like maybe we should write up a you know rules list and see if we can give the game away. But anyway, we played that game and hung out with family and uh, had some good conversations and it was fun. It was a good time. Mm, I'm glad. Yep. It's good to be, right, well. good to be back. Got back last night. So. And now you're like ready to go. Yeah. I got to do a few. We're recording this early Sunday morning and I got to do a few, actually a few edits on my sermon uh, before I uh, get in the shower and go to church. So that's what's going on for me. Well, we're diving in. Yeah, we're diving in. This is Axiom 4. We're right in the middle of our book, uh, essentially. Um, Or I guess Axiom 5 is probably right in the middle, but... God meets us in our messy reality. This uh, this uh, series has been loads of fun. Yeah, it is. Um, mm-hmm. To have these conversations with you and uh, Gino and uh, Matt, it's been awesome. It's been loads of fun. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything else we, we need, need to say about this. Do we need axiom? to belabor this? Do we need to? I don't think so. I mean, the, the, I think we the, dive right in. We're going to talk about this axiom. Um, and so, so yeah. The fourth axiom, Every time, God meets us in our messy reality. Every time Chrissy says dive in, I think of that uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman mm. song. <laughs> Which one? I'm diving in, I'm going deep in, <laughs> over my head, I want to be <laughs> caught in the rush, lost in the flow, in over my head, I want to go. Okay, <clears throat> I'm, I'll, I'll pick a different The river is water is I'm ready to saddle up. Don't, 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 don't. It, yeah, that's, that'll be your new one. I'm diving in. <laughs> Listen, okay. your new let's, catchphrase always has to come from a Stephen Curtis. There's Chapman. one or two <laughs> listeners who understand let's what I'm talking up your, about. Let's saddle up our horses. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. We got a trail would, to blaze. Let's dance in like Cinderella. See, look at you guys. It was my era. I could come up with these. Yeah, this, okay. okay. I want well, you to that's come the new challenge. Christy. We'll call oh it the Christy goodness. Penley challenge. <laughs> oh, can I tell you guys a story real quick before we jump into this? My daughter. Yeah, do it. All right. All right. My daughter and her friend are doing a 24-hour Dollar Tree challenge starting this afternoon. What does that what mean? What does that mean? <laughs> so she took the money she's been earning watering plants and doing other things around the house as an allowance. And they went to the Dollar Tree yesterday. Mm-hmm. And for 24 hours, they can only use things that they bought at the Dollar Tree yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Like, so, be some parameters, right? Do they need to buy new well, clothes? Well, I thought there'd like be parameters. Food? <laughs> nope. She bought food. She bought a hula skirt. She bought a hairbrush. She bought uh, shampoo. So I said, you can take $10, go to the Dollar Tree. And uh, a neighborhood dad took her with um, her friend's dad. Anyway, he sends a picture of them like having fun. He's like, they're having a blast at Dollar Tree. Anyway, she gets home and she's like, look at all the stuff I got. I'm like, you got all this for ten dollars? She goes, "No, it costs fifty. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Right and, I, and, and she goes, "Like it's okay. Jeff paid for it." And I was like, "Oh my <laughs> gosh, no, that's not okay." <laughs> anyway, uh, so my daughter starting this afternoon. The challenge is to only use the fifty dollars worth of junk <laughs> she bought from the Dollar Tree for twenty. And she's so. This is like. This is like top three experience of my daughter's life. She loves this kind of stuff. She's so creative that way. Gosh. Yeah. She, she could be the next, you know, you know, the ice challenge and someone just came up with it. You know, like, yeah. I feel like she could do that. She, yeah. that's her. Totally. That's Instagram her. influencer. Anyway. Yeah. All right, listener, your challenges oh. to uh, get your to this challenges. podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys, let's, let's saddle up. Let's saddle up our horses. Here we go.
Welcome back, everyone. We are in the middle of a series on our new book, Having the Mind of Christ, working our way through the eight axioms for a robust faith, joined once again, as always, by Gino. Hey, Gino. Hello. Uh, Christy Penley and Ben Sternke. Hello, you too. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here, y'all. And uh, we thought we'd do uh, this uh, to kind of announce the launch of our book, but instead of Ben and I just talking about it, we are talking with Gino and Christy, who are two people that have worked um, for a long time with Gravity, using Gravity's materials, and their love and wisdom and intelligence, brilliance really, have uh, impacted this uh, a great deal, so that's why we're having them interact with it and chat about it. So today, we're on Axiom 4, yeah? And that axiom is God meets us yes. in our messy reality. Um. This chapter is really building upon God is always present and at work uh, in the sense that we are look, taking a look at all of the ways that Jesus ruthlessly, systematically, like regularly, helped people reckon with what's actually going on. Uh, in this chapter, we talk about hustling God, trying to meet God in pretense or falsity, trying to live somewhere other than we are. And we talked about the issue of what's called spiritual bypassing, where sometimes we are experiencing something we know is wrong or bad, or maybe it's just sad. Maybe we're hurting or in pain. And instead of being present to that, instead of being more awake to what's real and what's really going on, we sometimes even use God to avoid reality. Lord help us. So anyway, mm. uh, Gino and Christy, we're going to chat about this with you, uh, and I maybe just to kick us off, I'm curious, uh, how has this axiom proven true in your life? Where and in, in what ways have you found it helpful? Um, Christy, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, so I was angry at you guys, by the way, when I read this, because you put something in here that like got to the core of me, and I wasn't expecting it. Um but you talk about how basically we need to either like stay committed to our hustle or meet God, demand God to be something other than God or meet God, mm. impress others or meet God, be right or meet God. Mm. And I read this list that you kind of put in the book, um, and it was God, God met me there because so much of my life mm. I have <laughs> – tried to hustle or I've tried to pretend or I've tried to just be right or I've done instead of actually allowing God access mm. to where I really am, like being honest about that, I've just kind of lied my way through um, because I wanted to be the good girl. And that has been something I've been chewing mm. on honestly for the last four days since I read it. Yeah. So- I'm not really angry at you, but um, mm. I was <laughs> I was just surprised um, because I talk about this and I like, you know, I want this to be my life. And then when I read that, there was real conviction and real like, ooh, uh, where where do I see this in my life? And I unfortunately, I was like, being honest, I, I see it a lot of different places. Um, and so thank you. Thank you for that. Mm. 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 Yeah, I think. I think uh, I can speak for Ben when I say that um, he struggles with all this stuff, but I don't struggle with any Careful. of it. Yeah. No, uh, I, I think I can speak for Ben when I say that we write these things because we <laughs> we write these things because we need to be reminded of them too. Um, these are the places yeah. where uh, these are the Kairos moments, if you were right, the need to be right, getting angry, feeling ashamed, uh, wanting to impress or pretend or pose. Uh, these are places of, I think, falsity. We tell ourselves these are good mm -hmm. ideas, uh, but really what they do is they shut us off from the God who's present in our work. And if we can, like you said, Christy, like if we can mm -hmm. recognize them as such, then they become portals into the kingdom rather than walls that keep us from the kingdom. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In many ways, this axiom builds, it builds on... Um, you know, the first, uh, sorry, God is always present and at work. The second axiom, as you said, Matt, um, but it also builds on the first and third axioms. These, these kind of overlap with each other and build on each other and are implications of each other sometimes. Um, but the God who is present and at work is love and looks just like Jesus. 
And that, that's been one of the most important factors for me in being able to, in being able to uh, sort of meet God in my reality, because I, I recognize a lot in what you're saying, um, the, uh, Christy, because I think the, um, you know, like and Matt, you said, these, these feel like good ideas to us to, to yeah. you know, spiritually bypass and that kind of thing. But the reason they feel like good ideas is that we are uh, oftentimes in, deep in our bones convinced that we do need to be productive in order for God to accept us, in order for God yeah. to like us, in order for other people to, to love us um, or, you know, be impressive or, you know, all of that kind of thing. And so, you know, when I began to recognize... Yeah, for myself that, oh, okay, the reason the reason that I don't want to face my messy reality is that uh, I'm afraid that my the mess down here disqualifies me hmm. from God's love. It disqualifies me from um, God wanting to be with me, you know, because I'm, man, I'm such a screw up. Yeah. You know, how, yeah. how could God want to be with me? And so it, in order to uh, meet God in my messy reality, the other axioms, you know, I have to do some work there as well to, to take some steps of, of trust and faith to say, okay, you know, I can meet God here because uh, God is present and at work and the God who is present and at work is filled with love towards me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's just like Jesus and accepts me, mm-hmm. um, wants to be with me. It's huge. It's a good word, Ben. Yeah. Um, Chino, how about for you? How has this axiom proven true or has it been helpful? Yeah, um, I think that so much of my life has been led aspirationally. And a lot of that is to avoid pain, uh, pain just in my childhood and, and things that I've done to myself or others have done to me. And so I think I, I've, I've been shaped to believe that as long as I don't if I, if I get involved in that pain, if I, if I really focus on what's really happening in my life, that could destroy me. So the only way to heal is to get ahead of that, to move forward. And so I, I have taken this view to, in, in the sense of how I see God, is that God isn't going to deal with what's really happening if it's painful, because that doesn't do good work in you. And so this, this axiom kind of named, well, one that I have a hustle. And that is like positivity, <laughs> like toxic positivity is, is a, it can be a hustle for me. And that mm-hmm. actually moving into the pain doesn't destroy me, but is where I find healing. And so those are like Enneagram seven issues that you kind of work through and start to learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. But this, this axiom sure. for me names one, like how I'm trying to move away from the things that could actually help me. And how I don't have to be afraid of what has happened to me, because that's where I might have a meeting place with God. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, toxic. That's posi- really good. Positivity. That, that's quite a. Uh, that's quite a phrase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. But you know, <laughs> Gina, you bring you bring up the enneagram and how sevens need to like like avoid pain. And Chrissy, you've talked about being a three about like this need yeah. to achieve. And I think this axiom challenges kind of both of you from like a core hustle you have. But I'm just aware, too, that, like, you know, Ben's an Enneagram 1, and I'm an Enneagram 4, and I feel this axiom, too. Um, I think we all have ways, I think we all have ways of not facing our true self, facing what's really happening, and we do it for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good point. I find that, like, often I'm, I'm either in the past or I'm in the future, but I don't like to stay in the present. I, I, you know, there is this, um, either I'm like, oh, that shouldn't have happened that way. And I'm like kind of dwelling on like, I wish I would have done it differently or I wish, I don't know, um, or I'm worried and anxious about the future, but I, it's hard for me to stay present. And part of that I think is I don't like yucky emotions. (laughs) And what I mean by that is when something comes up that causes, you know, uh, frustration or anger or, um, you know, I, I want, I'm in some ways like Gino, I want the positive emotions. I want the happy and the content and the whatever. And so I think I've even been told, um, by people, taught by people, modeled by people to push those aside, those bad feelings, those hard feelings that don't matter you can be in control of them. They're not good. Like I believed all those lies about it. And so to actually be present in those things and and believe that God is meeting me right there um, is foreign 
to the way I grew up. Yeah. 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 Well, this kind of gets at the second question I was going to ask you, which is, where is it most difficult for you to trust this axiom? Um, And I wonder maybe as we chat about, you know, using different lenses to access, you know, the places where we like to hide. I wonder if there's an anecdote or a story where this is particularly challenging you right now or calling you closer to God or closer to the kingdom. Hmm. I, I think if I give a little bit more space, I'll probably come up with a number of stories. But the first thing that occurs to me is this, this, uh, there's something that runs in my head. I'll, I'll give you guys an insight into what happens when I start feeling pain is I instinctively start whistling because I was, I, I think of the King and I, and the musical, the musical, there's a song called uh, whistle a happy tune and the, the lyrics go, I won't sing for you, but whenever I feel afraid, you know, that, that this idea of like bypassing my pain by whistling fake until you make it. And it, it actually happens in my body. i did a lot of theater growing up and I hear mm. this in, in, and so whenever, when I, ever I hear myself whistling, I know there's something that I need to reckon with. Holy whenever God. I, whenever I hear myself wow. kind of singing or, or something, yeah. I rec- I just ask myself the question, like, what are you feeling right now? Oh, and, man. and Gino. so this happens pretty regularly. So I need to work on this all the time. So I, I don't know there's one massive story. It's just, <laughs> this is a constant thing. <laughs> Yeah, bro, that is so interesting. Um, because again, I think in a in a in a shallower um, I don't know in a shallower way of looking at these things, one might look at you as somebody who's always filled with joy, like you know what I mean. And you might think of yourself that way, like yeah, man, I'm always whistling. Like I, I, you know, like I've just got so much joy, <laughs> you know, joy in the Holy Ghost yeah. and. Um, it's uh, it's fascinating that you've yeah. identified that. I mean, I, I have some of those things as well that I've needed to learn to identify. Things that automatically come online in my body. I don't make a choice to you know yeah. feel anxious in the pit of my stomach, like or tense in my shoulders, or you know tapping my teeth together, my jaw being tight. Like we, these are things we don't make choices yeah. to do. They're they're reflexive actions our bodies take in response to what's actually happening, our messy reality. Um, and I love that, um, example, Gino, of just learning to pay attention to the things that your body reflexively does and learn to ask, let's take one step back from that and say, why is this happening right now? What, what's going on for me that I don't want to face that my body is sort of reflexively Mm -hmm. avoiding, uh, or looking the other way uh, about, um, man, that's such an interesting, I've never heard that from you before, Gino, Mm -hmm. um. Gonna, you know, I'm sometimes what I find though, <laughs> well, but I think because of, because of this, because of recognizing that God's meeting me in my reality and that I can name this and it's going to be okay. I don't have to like whistle louder to avoid that. I might be going mm. into dealing with reality. Sometimes I'm whistling just because I'm whistling. Yeah. And so I think there's evidence of like healing and I am a pretty joyful person person but it's rooted Mm -hmm. in something different than avoidance and fear or a practice of hey i don't want to deal with this right now because i only have so much capacity all all maybe you know important ideas but for me i really needed to work through this formation that was given hey instead of being upset right now just sing a song and pretend like everything's okay yeah yep it's awesome man thanks for sharing that Anything from you, Christy? On this We're question? all thinking. We're all thinking. Um, I don't have anything specific, <laughs> although I do think that when I have emotions that don't necessarily match what's going on, um, for so for example, um, my oldest recently started dating somebody. And you know, when you're dating, it's like, everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. And, um, (laughs) and they're like spending all this time together and all this kind of (laughs) stuff. And he just said to me like, oh, I'm going over and hanging out. And, and he left and I like teared up and I was like, what is going on? Like, this is like happy and like beautiful and good. And, and I really like her. And, 
but my emotions weren't matching like the fact that they were just going to go watch a movie. Um, and I didn't want to like really dive in, um, if I'm honest, um, because there was, there was like this lie I was believing of, oh, my value is less because now somebody else is in his life. Right. And, and that's like, this is all like adult parenting and all this kind of stuff. But, um, I think when my emotions are bigger than the actual situation kind of equals, it's like an alarm for me going off that am I pretending like something's not um, – am I am I asking questions to really dive into what's going on? Or am I just kind of pretending um, until my emotions catch up with me? Uh, and then I have to look at it because I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Why am I crying? Because he went to go see a movie. Does that make sense? Do you guys experience that? Is that just a totally. cruel thing? Yeah. 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 I think, no, 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 no. It's, uh, I think you're just naming something else, Christy, about, um, uh, you're naming something else uh, about how this uh, functions uh, for all of us. Um, that I, I think the things that automatically come online in our bodies are, are things that we need to learn to pay attention to. Um, yeah. And so I, I, I appreciate hearing that. I think there's, there's, there's something good about this, um, uh, like uh, this axiom, I think opens us up to taking those steps back from our lived experience. And instead of just trusting our responses, right. Um, or denying our responses to life. So I think yeah. those are the two ditches we fall into. Like we either, we either take mm-hmm. our responses to life and say, well, of, of course I'm upset. You know, uh, he, you know, you, you trust that emotion and assume it tells you something about reality or you deny that emotion and assume that uh, you shouldn't be feeling it. Um, and I think that this axiom opens up space, or it has for me, it opens up space to instead just say, oh, I, like, I can just meet God in, in naming this. I don't need to know what this means right now. Yes. I don't need to know, you know what this is even all about right now. I can just meet God here and, uh, and you know, be with God. Uh, in in the midst of this, and and hear from God, and and learn to, um, yeah, just wrestle with what's happening uh, in my life, and hear, uh, you know, hear a word from God in the midst of that. Some some uh, some good news. Yeah. Hi, my name is Carol from Fergus, Ontario, Canada. When I think about the years in my GLA cohort, I am filled with fond memories and gratitude. I looked forward to our time together each week. In my second year, although I was the only woman and Canadian and only one of two non-pastors, this group saw how God was working in my life and encouraged me along the way as we processed our Kairos moments together. I was at a point of transition in my life and having people who were learning the same things and processing with them was incredibly valuable for me. We were all from such different places and contexts, but it didn't matter. We helped each other see the world through the eyes of Jesus. This was a safe and encouraging space to process what I was going through and to equip me to be a leader who noticed the activity of God in my life. I'm so thankful for the work of Gravity Leadership. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com slash academy. So we've brought up a few things here that are we're just learning about. By we, I mean Ben and I, um, you know, things like spiritual bypassing, stuff like that, the ways that we invent to hide from ourselves and from God. And so... This chapter leaves me with questions, <laughs> like mm. like things I want to explore more. I'm curious, uh, Gino mm. and Christy, for you, what what would you be interested in exploring more? What kind of questions does this chapter not tackle or not answer that you would want to get into? Hmm. Well, actually, you talk about shooting on yourself um, and the power of kind of saying that to ourselves or to other people, believing that about other people. I would love for you to double click on that because I think that that is something really common that we do in life. Um, How does that play out and how do we kind of like have our eyes open to that and and then not let that control us? 
Yeah. So this idea of shooting on yourself, like um, let's say someone's on a hunger fast and they haven't eaten for 30 days and their organs are shutting down. Is it wrong to say you should eat something? You know, uh, if, if you're, if, if your child is, uh, three years old and, uh, like wants to play in the street, a busy street. And every time you pull them out of the street and into the safe yard, they walk right back out into the street and sit down and play. Is it wrong to say you shouldn't play in the street? Mm. Um, what, what we're talking about here is our need to control other people and want on them. And we, and I think we can convince ourselves controlling other people and wanting on them is for their own good. And the two scenarios I just highlighted, I think we could agree, in general, those statements are for the other person's good. The issue is 99% of our shooting and our wanting on people isn't about saving children from a busy street or helping somebody stay alive by not eating. It's usually things... I guess to break it to break it down, Christy, the way I'd say it is, usually when I should on people, I am I am wanting on them, I'm trying to control them, not for their good, but for mine. Hmm. I I want them to change what they're doing so that I feel better, so that I'm less anxious, so that I can be right, so that I can do my thing. Hmm. And that's where I think that. Uh, I don't. I'm not trusting that God's going to meet them, even if they aren't conforming to my preferences. Even if I'm anxious about them. Even if I don't yeah. get what I want as it pertains to them. Yeah. So is that your that, experience? That's what, I think that's how I. W- it's about controlling people. Yeah. Is that your experience? I mean, I hear you because I hear you saying most of most of it's with other people. My, I find that I should maybe more on myself than I do on other people. Um, but it's still the same mm-hmm. lie, right? Um, and so I'm wondering, Gino or Ben, do, is that mm-hmm. – maybe that's the whole – like I still am yeah. a recovering, like God likes me and loves me person. Um, and I think that that's where my should comes in of <laughs> I'm doing it to make him happy. Um, yeah. And so anyway, that, yeah. it just hit me. I'm If you have more to say, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I think, I think for me, Christy, my um, that that's where my shooting normally happens as well. I mean, I I do I'm pretty good at shooting on other people as well, um, but I think the reason is because I do shoot on myself, uh, you know, and that that I think is the it's related to the core lie, kind of at the heart of this axiom, which is that some other place is where God will meet me. So yes. I, I have to change the situation or change myself or change you in order for me to be okay, in order for us to be okay, in order for God to be here, in order for God to work, in order for everything to, you know, not go to hell in a handbasket. Like something has, you know, and there's this this controlling that we all come by it honestly. Like we're not we're not all control freaks because, you know, we we're, you know, megalomaniacs and, you know, just sort of mm. evil people, you know, like trying to like control everything. We, we're all afraid. We're just afraid that things aren't going to be okay unless things change, unless I can change, unless I can be different, unless you can be different, unless we can get this figured out. Um, and, and part of the power, I think, of this axiom is, is saying like, no, it's actually nothing needs, nothing more needs to happen for us to be with God and for us to name this reality and for us to trust that God is here that God is at work, that God loves us, like we're, we're going to be okay if we name this reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, I think, is the, the power of this axiom that, that, speaks, it, that speaks to the, the shooting on myself and mm-hmm. shooting on others um, yeah. that, that I don't think helps uh, our, any of us. Yeah, thank you. That's helpful. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to engage in this conversation when we're saying, shitting on people i won't say it cor- correctly something's bad is going to happen on this podcast so i'll just yeah. i'll just Sorry, share yeah. i appreciate you what you're saying part of the reason you shouldn't say that incorrectly you know i should not engage in this conversation yes. just knowing myself um but if i could offer up 
two two things that I would love to hear you riff on if we have time for both of them in no particular order. One is um, there seems to be this messy reality uh, that we are met in is kind of melancholy and all, because that's a lot of our experience. And I think that's, that's fair. What about Mm -hmm. the situations where reality is joyous? Like what are the, what are the risks or the things that we might miss if we're not recognizing that God's meeting us in our joy, joyous reality? That's, that's one thing that came to mind for me. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really good. That's really good. I think, um, Gino, this is where your superpower helps me a lot. Um, I think uh, mm. being around healthy Enneagram sevens is a grace to me because I don't, I don't have to even be awake to see what's wrong with the world. I can be, I can dream about it. You know what I mean? And so it's really helpful for me to be invited through other people's lenses and perspectives to appreciate what's good and right and beautiful in the world. I do think, though, there's an interesting place there between you noticing it, Gino, and me having an invitation or awareness I didn't notice it for that thing to happen, Chrissy, you just talked about, where I I should on myself that I should be more joyful and I should perceive more things like what Gino's talking about. And I, I just think this is such a trap for me. It's such a trap for me. Um, because then what I, when, whenever I'm shooting on myself, I am ramping up my flesh to try harder, to do more, mm. to perform better, so that I ultimately don't even need Jesus. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's this human-generated scheme into some sort of moralistic um, obligation to perform. And, and so for me, then, the shooting is just a reminder, not shooting on ourselves, is a reminder that it's all grace, that anything that isn't surrender or yielding or consent or allowing or opening or spaciousness, anything that doesn't have that aroma will not lead to joy. It won't lead to the joy that, yeah. that Gino just sort of has in his uh, attached to his heartbeat. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, Gino, but that's what occurs to me when you when you ask that. It does. I, I just wanted to respond with, with this, that, that I think what I'm hearing you say is that it it's not any less of a reality if you're seeing it in what we might categorize as messy and negative versus joyful. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that you're not seeing reality. And yeah, and good. I and I think that's beautiful. Because, because it's not, and if, so if you're shooting on yourself, if I am maybe in some situations, I'm thinking I should really feel worse about this. That's, <laughs> that's actually not necessarily true. It no. could be true. I mean, I'm open to that. Right. Yeah. Right. And one of the, one of the most, uh, uh, confrontational questions friends ask me, um, have asked me is, is what would it cost you if you decided you didn't have to be angry about this? Mm. What a, what would you lose if there was nobody left to blame? Yeah. And and sometimes like I the the messiness of my reality is I refuse to be content or joyful because I'm too wound up, too cranked up. And so I, I think the I think what your question gets at, you know, is really important for me is that sometimes I'm creating a messiness that I can just simply let go of. Now, not all of it is like that, but some of right. the ways that I choose to respond to things, um, I, I can just choose to let them go. I could choose to let them go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's really helpful. Um, that's helpful for me as well, Gino. Uh, and I think you're, like Matt said, your superpower helps me um, because there is something... That, I think this axiom is, you know, these axioms are all kind of culturally, uh, they're not like the eternal truths that everybody needs to know about God for all time. No. You know what I mean? They're, they're mostly um, timely axioms about who God is and about how God works in the world that help people like us, 
who have grown up in the ways that we've grown up. Right. And so, so I think because the predominant mode has been, Hey, you can't, you know, turn that frown upside down. You can't feel those negative emotions. I think that's why this, this axiom says that God meets us in our messy reality, but it is also true that I need to learn how to consent to joy. Um, you know, as we've been talking Enneagram on this uh, episode for quite a bit, and as an Enneagram one, I do have trouble consenting to joy because for me, it's all about the next, it's like, well, we finished that on to the next thing. You know, it's about productivity. It's about doing the next thing. It's about mm-hmm. doing more. It's about doing better. And so actually just celebrating something that is good um, is a really, really helpful spiritual discipline for me. You know, just to mm-hmm. just to notice something beautiful and say, "Wow, that is beautiful," and to share that and to and to and to be in that and to be. Uh, if joy is what's truly there, then yeah, meet God there. You know, let, let's let's do it. Um, but if pain is what's really there, let's meet God there uh, as well. And so I think I think that's good. That's a good word um, and a good expansion of what we talk about in this chapter. So I appreciate that question, Gino. Yeah. What was your second question? You had another one, didn't you? Yeah, so somewhat related is we hear when we talk about meeting in reality, we hear people, I've heard people talk about, well, my reality versus your reality. And I'm wondering yeah. if you could just kind of talk a little bit about that. Like is there there is a reality, God's reality, and we may yeah. experience it differently, like we've just named. But also, I don't think we're saying like, well, there's there's alternative realities here in some way. There's just a, different experiences of the same reality. So I, I don't know how how are you guys working through that in conversation when maybe you sense that people are saying the the old thing like my truth versus your truth kind of a thing. That might be true for you that you need to meet God in reality, but for me, it's something different. Does mm. that make sense? Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great question. I think Ben should answer it. <laughs> no, I. I uh... <laughs> I haven't, um, it's great. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, think about it. I guess just think about it out loud a little bit. Um, I think when, when we're talking about, this is, this is hard, um, because we want to learn how to name our reality as ours and not impose that on others and also not use that as an excuse to refuse to listen to other people's reality. And so when we're, we're talking about reality here, we're, we are, you are correct, there is such a thing as reality, but we, all, we, we perceive it in, in different ways. And I think mostly what we're talking about in this chapter is our inner reality, our inner state, the, the feelings, the thoughts, the emotions, the stuff that's happening in our bodies that we need to reckon with. Yeah. And so I think you're right, there's something there's something objective happening, you know, maybe to two people, but we respond to it in two very different ways. And that, those, that reality is you know, the, the response, you know, to what's happening is the reality we need to reckon with. And I think when we, when we're able to do that, when we're able to meet God in that reality, we, we avoid, you know, some of the, um, the pitfalls that we just talked about, you know, a few minutes ago of either just trusting my feelings to tell me the truth about the world or not trusting my feelings to tell me the truth about anything. And so I either just believe my feelings about the world, or I deny my feelings about the world. And I think just naming our feelings about the world helps us to reckon with, okay, this is my response you know, to what's happened here. But then we can meet God there and say, well, what does that mean? You know, like, because I don't know, I don't know if I'm being clear here, but like, I think it's, it, yeah, it's really super helpful. important for us to learn how to do that, you know? So... Yeah. You know, That's right really on the, So maybe when people are meeting in reality, they're both um they're both reckoning with that inner stuff as is kind of what you're saying. They're meeting yeah. with their internal reality. And so they meet as yeah. two people in this example yes. that are meeting with the same internal recognition of their reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's how we discern things, you know, that's how we discern what God is doing, um, is by, you know. Doing, doing those kinds of things together. Um, everybody naming their own, in our language, naming their own kairos. I am, I do think that like growing in our emotional intelligence helps us be able to name what's going on inside of us 
to understand, yes, God is meeting mm-hmm. us here. And in our society, I'm not sure that we are, uh, you know, what are the tools to help us grow in that? You just said naming the feelings that you had. Do you have anything else that you would say, uh, this kind of helps us grow? Because I do think what you're saying is true, um, but maybe we haven't been taught the tools of how to do that. Yeah, I I have some thoughts about this. It kind of coincides with how I was going to respond to Gina's question before I threw Ben, I threw Ben in <laughs> front of the bus. Um, I think I think I <laughs> I remember reading the kind of the log and the spec passage from Jesus. You know, uh, don't try to help somebody get uh, uh, something out of their eye until basically you remove the log from your eye and you can see clearly. And I remember thinking, like, what what would how would I purpose to live like that? Right? How would I purpose to, to actually put that into practice? And two things I think that um, have helped me become more um, more regularly do that, you know, uh, with still a long way to go. Um, and the first is whenever whenever someone shares a perspective on reality, Gino, that I don't share, in, instead of critiquing or condemning or correcting it, be curious about it. And treat treat that person as though they have something to teach me. So not an interrogation curiousness, not you know not an not a uh, cross examination curiousness, but uh, yeah, as as just a a wondering, and in order to do that, I have to notice whatever anger or fear or threat that that person actually is for me. You know, like what like what you know what are they? What, I have to notice that, and I have to sort of just like let that be, right? Um, and the second thing is allow, if I think someone else needs to change and I can see it clearly, I think I can to, to do two things to one, prioritize my own change over theirs, whatever their change is that I see they need, you know, um, and two, to be present to that person where they perceive God's presence and work, you know, I think. I think this has been a huge thing for me. I think I I have certain specks in other people's eyes that really bother me. Um, and they bother me more than they bother God. And the way that I know that is because that person isn't aware of that speck, or they're aware of a different speck that they want help with, or, and sometimes I have such a big log in my eye that I cannot even begin to see what I think I'm seeing clearly. And so if I if I agree to change and I will humble myself to begin where they're willing to begin, typically the question of who's seeing reality correctly begins to resolve itself. Because now, now maybe we're both seeing it incorrectly, or maybe we both see parts of it that are correct. Or maybe I'm right, but gosh, that's that's not even the goal of this thing. You know, the goal of this thing is communion and love. So how do I move towards this person with communion and love rather than needing to vindicate my rightness you know is that am i responding to what you're asking yeah yeah that's really good yeah i think it's a great question yeah well final thoughts final words as we wrap up this podcast on axiom for gino christy either you guys have comments you want to make or questions you wanted to get in man i just think it's so this would be a great book to do in community um, because even this conversation helps dig in a little bit more to what we read and processing how how is this being played out in our lives. And so uh, I don't really have any questions other than maybe just an encouragement that when you get the book, I encourage you to read it in community and, and talk about it because I think it's help, it's helpful for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would be helpful for other people too, to be able to to chew on it together. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Similarly, I think that, I think that the, uh, the results of working through these, these axioms in community is that you have a community that's joined together in some of these axioms, meaning there are people that are working through the inner realities and 
dealing with those and coming and being present with other people in a way where we can start naming things without becoming defensive right away. We could just be curious and we don't have to lead with condemnation, but maybe with curiosity. And I, so I'm not claiming that we're doing that perfectly in our church, in our communities, but we're doing it more than we used to. And it's more than I've ever experienced it in other communities. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. So yeah, work this out in community, encourage people to read this book with you and, and get, get started in what might possibly be as we work through this together. Mm. Man, <laughs> good word, guys. That is a good word. Well, um, that's what's in there. Uh, maybe just in with this comment, like this, um, these axioms, this book on axioms was taken from our Gravity Leadership Academy workbook. And uh, that's why we lead these cohorts who hear us talk about Gravity Leadership Academy all the time is because um, mm-hmm. we needed people to walk alongside us to appropriate and inhabit these axioms. And that's what we do weekly uh, with multiple mm-hmm. cohorts, Christy and Gino and Ben and I lead. So um, if you're if this is stirring your heart and you want to uh, investigate that more or experience what Gino just named, just drop us a line. We're happy to chat about that. Um, yep. Yeah. Thanks a lot for being with us today. Christy, Gino, uh, appreciate all the good things you're bringing to expand the work of this book. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate Thank you guys. You. See you next time, listeners. Axiom 5 coming right Thank up. Thank you. Woo-hoo. Hey, everybody. It's Ben. Um, I'm a little bit out of breath because I just did a workout. I'm getting back into working out <sighs> after vacation. And, you know, those first couple works out, workouts are, um, yeah, they kind of kick your butt. So I'm feeling a little out of breath, but I had to record this real quick for you. Um, our book that we just had this uh, podcast episode about um, on these axioms, Having the Mind of Christ, our book is only one week away from release. I know a lot of you have pre-ordered and have already received your copies, but um, a week from now, July 26th, our book officially releases. And uh, man, uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, you can still join our book launch team, um, which gives you some uh, cool perks. We're going to keep uh, the kind of the launch team going after the release of the book because uh, this podcast series is going to continue after the release of this book. If you're adding things up in your mind, you may have realized that, hey, wait a minute, this book has eight axioms and you're only going to be on the fifth axiom next week when the book releases. You are correct. We are going to kind of uh, straddle the book release um, with the with the podcast series. And so we'll do Axiom 5 next week, and we'll continue on for a few more weeks talking about each axiom and then the conclusion of the book. So anyway, there's still time. If you want to join that book launch team, you can go to gravityleadership.com slash launch. You'll get a free advanced PDF of the book to be able to read along with us. Um, you can join discussions that we're having, live Zoom discussions about the book, uh, do some Q&A. There's a Facebook group, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it'll be loads of fun. So I invite you to uh, sign up for the book launch team. You can get, you can pre-order the book still from uh, InterVarsity. Uh, if you go to ivpress.com and then uh, just search for Having the Mind of Christ and you can get 30% off plus free US shipping by using the code GRAVITY and also Q&A. We'd love to hear your questions and reflections. If you go to gravityleadership.com slash message, you can click the start recording button to ask us a question or to leave us a message. We've gotten lots of uh, lovely messages from you all. And um, if you ask a question, we'll play it on a future episode and and answer it as well. So I think those are all the uh, little nuggets of info that you all need uh, to continue to track and follow us during this uh, exciting season of our book launch. And I need to uh, press stop here and just take a couple breaths, get my get my breath back after working out. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for participating in our community in all the ways that you do. Uh, we really appreciate you, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful, we'd love it if you tell your friends about it. Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Joining our Gravity community is free. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke and Matt Tebby. 
Aaron Sternkey edits and mixes the podcast, and you can check out his work at aaronsternkey.com. We'd love to hear from you. To record a question or comment for us, go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start record button. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.